You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to the Rocker Talker Podcast. Okay, let's rock. With the fans, Brett Blakemore. Welcome back to the Rocker Talker Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Blakemore. Major two done, stage three on the way. And I overall am very happy with how everything went. Um, I do want to talk uh, kind of a, a story about the play, the moment, the, the Minneapolis miracle online. Uh, because I don't, it's generally not an overstatement to say that the odds of the play, I mean, it definitely didn't have the implications that the original Minnesota miracle did. Um, going to the NFC Championship. But this was such an unbelievable, unlikely, incredibly lucky play. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it just happened to be that everybody in Optic just lined up. Um, if you didn't see that that three-piece that three piece that Lamar had, uh, Accuracy had, um, highly recommend going and watching. I watched that so many more times than I'd like to admit that night. Um, but I was doing the co-stream that day, uh, the Rocker co-stream on the Rocker uh, YouTube channel, and filling in for for Ashley. What a game to miss! I'm glad she's feeling better. I think I I might have gotten a noise complaint. Honestly, like it was that much of a reaction. Um, it was easily. I mean, I've only been diehard watching. I've said this openly on the show since the launch weekend, and it was the craziest thing I've seen. And it's not even close. Um, but I saw people on Twitter who've been watching for over a decade say that was the craziest moment that has ever happened or that they've ever seen. Uh, something about an optic van. I don't know. I don't like optic uh, that much. Uh, but that's that's all Chicago stuff. Not really. You know, I've said this uh, on the co-stream that I actually like all the players on on optic. Like I'll watch their YouTube stuff along with attaches and priests as well. Um, so it just sometimes you know the fans can. You know, I think we got the the brunt of that uh, this week. That's all I'll say about that. Overall, I'm very happy despite the loss to Toronto, but Toronto was just, it seemed like they were destined to be the team that won that major. Um, everything just went in their favor, and they were absolutely frying, and they they really deserved it. I mean, if you beat Rocker and Dallas and FaZe in the same day, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you you deserve it. And, and I talked to... Attached about this a little bit, and we'll get into him. But I don't understand the fascination with giving the winner's team an advantage in the grand finals. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you get to the grand finals, you're in a best of nine. Like, that kind of, you know, that kind of evens things out, in my opinion. It still gives you, you know, you could lose three maps and still win, you know, if you're, if you're phase. So it's not, you know, it's, in and of itself is that second chance, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I've never seen a Super Bowl where the highest, you know, oh well, they won more games. You know, the Chiefs had a better record than the Buccaneers, so they're going to start with a touchdown lead. You know, that's just stupid. And and I get and I hear, oh well, it's double elimination and they didn't lose. 
If you lose five maps, I've considered you lost twice. You know what I mean? I know it's technically six. You lose five maps, you lost twice. Like, you, you already lost three maps, which would be a series loss anyways. I don't know. I I think the best of nine kind of evens that out. Uh, I think you 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 play to get in the grand final, and whether that's through winners or whether it's through losers, that's the goal is to get to the grand finals. And I just think it makes more sense for it to be a best. It, and I'm with and you know we'll talk about that later. Um, I understand the you know wanting the way that they did it so that the the winners finals team doesn't have a rematch the same day. I understand that. Um, but I don't I don't understand the oh they have to have an advantage. Like they have a veto advantage, they have the coin flip advantage, but we're not gonna give them a touchdown lead. We're not gonna give them a two goal lead. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. Um anyways, I liked the stage. I thought they played well. It it is a good sign that we can compete with anybody. And we haven't played with FaZe yet. We've beat Optic twice. We've beat Empire twice. Those are both two top three teams coming into the year. Defending world champions, we beat them twice. We really should have beat them three times, but that's, you all know what happened. The the raid control that just went to hell. Um, but I'm very happy overall as a fan. The roster move was a home run. And Standy, you know, I can't stop singing the praises of Standy. And I, I did a montage for for Paul Allen uh, earlier this week on Monday, and it was all about the youth of the nation, right? It was it was the rookies of Minnesota, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, Justin Jefferson, and there was a part of me that's like, I want to put Standy in this in this mix, man. He's he's a young rookie that's just lighting it up. He's easily the front runner for rookie of the year. Kaprizov's easily the front runner for the Calder. Uh, in the NHL, it's just an exciting time to have rookies uh, in the state of Minnesota, uh, and Standy is no exception to that. He's been incredible. The roster move, Priest has been night and day better. Um, I think just the entire team kind of works, but I do think, you know, despite, you know, and, and Dylan knows better than I do, but I do think it kind of proves some of those role things right in a sense, right? If, if Priest is more comfortable on the AR, then theoretically we did have three ARs on a team then, right? Because I, I asked Mike what he's most comfortable with. He said AR. Obviously Lamar is an AR, and we've established that Priest is more comfortable than AR, so it did kind of, you know, muck things up a little bit. But night and day, and I do think a lot of that has to do with just the raw. We couldn't have just put any sub in, and I don't think it had the same impact as uh, as Standy has had, so that's a credit to him. Uh, but overall, I liked what I saw from the stage. I am very hopeful going forward. Uh, that this team will be competing with anybody. I'm very curious to see how early we're picked in the next group selection. I wonder if we're going to be, because it'll be Toronto and Atlanta picking, and I'm wondering which one of them is going to send us over. If Are we considered a top-four team at this point, or is it still going to be Optic before us? Is it still going to be Empire before us, and then maybe the fifth? But then, yeah, I'm very curious to see what uh, what the other teams think of us. But I think... You know, and it's not a stretch. I think we can compete with anybody. I'd like to see the phase matchup just to see what happens. You know, I'm not saying, you know, that we're going to beat phase easily, but I'd just like to see what happens. Um, anyways, no further ado. That's plenty of my thoughts. Uh, let's get into someone who actually knows what they're talking about, uh, Dylan Price, a.k.a. Attach. You haven't been on since uh, the first episode. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a lot of things have changed. Uh, but the thing, the 
most thing I wanted to ask you was just the how easy or difficult is it to re? I mean, the Dallas had the the point one second fiasco in that match. Optic uh, went to a map five as well that had to regain as well. Uh, is it just the leadership of this team or the character? Because how hard is it to just regain in those two uh, series? Yeah, I mean, uh, both those series were <laughs> insane. Some of the cra- probably the craziest back to back series I've ever had. Uh, like you couldn't even try to do those things that we did in those series. Like the point one second control when we completely messed up. And uh, that, that map three, we would have been up 2-1 in the series. And then uh, we actually won map four. So if we would have just clutched up that control, we would have been locked in for top three, playing phase for a spot in the grand finals, which would have been great. But it obviously sucked that we choked it. And uh, that's going to happen from time to time. So we got to make sure to keep that to a minimum. But uh, the fact that we could bounce back from that and come out fighting next map and really just turn it around just goes to show like we're not going to give up no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And speaking of not giving up, no matter what happens, um, just walk me through. I think we all know what happened. I think the craziest play that I've ever seen, and a lot of people who've been watching for decades have said the craziest play they've ever seen. Walk us through your perspective of the moment, the clutch from accuracy. Yeah, so the clutch from accuracy was crazy. Um, well, it was a 2v4. Round mm-hmm. 11, so like in my head, like you're already thinking, like, ah, oh, you know, it's not looking good. We got to do something crazy. Uh, we, get, we just got to get a couple, get a two piece, get a three piece, get numbers back in our favor, even it out, and uh, give us our best chance to win. Uh, so Lamar gets one kill. I push up the Eskies. Uh, they're calling people on the corner. Uh, Seth is like ready, pre aiming, just strafing back and forth, just waiting for me to hit the corner. I get him one shot, but he ends up killing me. Lamar actually hits formal with the nade because he saw him crossing out of bricks. And then I'm spectating Lamar now. I'm like, it's a 1v3. We lost. This is the most unfortunate weekend ever. Another round 11 loss. This is tragic. And then I see him get two kills. And then I think in my head, I'm like, okay, just got two. This is winnable. But where's the third guy? The third guy has to be around here and probably is going to kill him right after he got those two kills. But then there was never a third guy that popped up. And uh, it just came up on our screams, on our screens, victory. And I was like, what and i just started freaking out and the rest is history but one of the most hype moments i've been a part of for sure now i mean that if that was on land i think the the roof would have exploded off the entire place <laughs> i mean it was so crazy uh do you think yeah they've released the comms right from that moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean i i was doing the coast scream uh for for the rocker that day and i i still can't believe what i saw i've was happy that I was 20 seconds ahead of everybody. I was just screaming. It was crazy. And <laughs> and so you were yeah. so you were watching Last Chance You before the the Optic match, right? That was the one, or no, no, no before the Seattle match. That was before to, the to Seattle match. Well. Yeah. yeah, where we had to win to be in winners bracket or lose. If we lost, we would be in losers bracket going into the major. Mm-hmm. I I just love that story. I I don't even have a question. That was just like, man, that's such a <laughs> <laughs> the reverse sweep. It, it was it was very random that I just had that feeling, but that it all it all came to fruition. We went down to two, we brought it back, we won, and then uh, we secured a winners bracket spot. So it, it just I just had the feeling, and it came true. We made it happen. Mm-hmm. Now, and one of these things that uh, there's been a lot of things that change as far as the team goes in the major, but just in stage two in general. Um, but especially in the major, the hard point has been so much better, um, and it. It's the hardball wasn't even that bad. I mean, there's all close maps. It just wasn't, you know, the yeah. final the final hill just never felt like it was going our way. But they were in yeah. the major. Uh, what was kind of 
going right for the hard point? How is that so much better? Yeah, we put a lot of emphasis uh, in working on our hard point because we knew that was our our weak our our weakest game mode. And honestly, a lot of the hard points we played this weekend, we won by a pretty good amount. Like if you win by 50, 60 plus points in hard point, that's a pretty much a blowout in this day and age of Call of Duty because all the teams are so competitive. So um, we played a lot of really good hard points. I think we lost. I think we went four and two as our total record. Uh, so that was really good. Uh, we it, And it feels good to feel that progress and see that progress from practice transition over. So we know that we could be one of the best hardpoint teams in the game and that's just going to help us be an overall more consistent team and do well in these tournaments and then push us to win that championship. Mm -hmm. Now, I I can't kiss your ass the entire time um, because while (laughs) hardpoint has gotten significant or we've seen the results, I'm not going to say it's better, but we've seen the results because it's always been good. Um, Yeah. But with Search and Destroy, it's kind of going the other way where maybe teams are, I don't know if it's hard countering or or whether just the strats are changed up. Like, for instance, uh, Express was a map that has played you guys played a lot. Um, but I think against, and I could be getting the teams mixed up, but like Dallas, it was almost exclusively an A hit. Uh, but against Optic, it was almost exclusively a B hit. Um, is that a map that you were just trying out into the pool and how comfortable you guys, because was that your pick? Uh, yeah, Express was our pick for uh, that series versus Optic. And uh, the, with the SNDs, like, we were feeling confident on them. The only thing that really was messing up was, it's just, like, we were kind of not executing some of our strats that we had. And so that's the, honestly the only reason we, lo- we lost. I think it's just kind of like a new team thing where people kind of, like, not forgot, but didn't remember the strats exactly to the T, and we weren't executing them quick enough on the map, so we were just giving the other teams time to work. But um, I'm not too worried about our SND moving forward because we, we're still a really good team at it. We got really good SND players, and it, I think it just came to uh, not doing the strats quick enough, and then after we lost a couple of SNDs, maybe just overthinking it a little too much. So uh, we're, we're, we're excited to get back to work with that one. Gotcha. Okay, I, I do have a couple questions that, it, it's me just being a league play casual that I just try to play with my friends as best as possible that I wanted to ask you strategy. <laughs> you. And so, so what is the benefit of, of having an Island player on search and destroy of someone who's just watching the other side, just it's one thing to watch the cross, right? Like, like one thing that I think of on Moscow in the square, that little heady platform, you know, um, if you're yeah. just watching the street, like that checks out for information, but like fully Island can't, rotate at all what's the kind of benefit of that and why do i think you're not the only team that does that yeah it really depends on uh the map and mode and how your strategies are set up but the island player can be good to kind of cut off a whole area of the map and then when he sees no one's there he can make plays to flank the other team or you can wrap back and just get to your team and come assist you and just be like uh have a closer setup whether the when the bombs planted or something uh but it's just really good to have people spread out the map and get information you can kind of tell how many people are at different bomb sites you can tell which bomb sites or which setups they have are weaker at a certain bomb site and then you can kind of like work that one use your number advantage and um get the bomb down get control and then win the round Gotcha. And another one of those type of questions, uh, why, what's the benefit of having, is is it just good to have a designated bomb runner because it's Standy um, running the bomb? Is that just kind of, that's our, that's our plan or is there more like he's a sub, he can get to the places faster and get bombed down or what's kind of thinking behind that? Yeah, most of the time we're, we're thinking of it like that. Uh, we just want to have 
the one person carry bomb that is a SMG player. So he takes the majority of the time. If he's feeling another play, I might take it a little bit, or Priesta might take it. It really just depends on the setup and the strategy we're trying to do that round. Um, but it's even good to kind of switch up the bomb carry sometimes. You might catch the other team off guard. So let's say they do kill Standy at some point. They're like, yo, bomb's down. But then we go plant the bomb at the other bomb site. They're like, yeah. oh, wait. So you can kind of throw teams off with that and play little games. So I wouldn't be surprised if we add a couple of those into our gameplay uh, soon. Gotcha. And and I know that uh, you're trying to expand the map pool. And I think that's something that Sandy talked about, of just of expanding as much as possible. But against Optic, I think both matches, because you played them twice now, I think it was a full veto checkmate just across the board. Uh Explain to me, because, like, checkmate S&D, you can't say it, I will. Um, it sucks. I, I can't stand playing uh, Search and Destroy on Checkmate. But uh, is that just a map you're not yeah. comfortable on, or it's just um, – it just say nothing if you agree with me on that, and we'll just move on. <laughs> no, the map definitely sucks uh, for SND. I actually don't mind it for Hardpoint, but Optic is, like, by far the best Checkmate Hardpoint team. That's why we just veto it versus them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're pretty confident against anyone else in and checkmate hardpoint like we beat Dallas on it, and they're also a really good uh, checkmate hardpoint team. So we feel good on that map. But I think that's just optics by far best map. So that's why we want to take it out the rotation. Uh, when it comes to search and destroy, the reason that map is bad for search is just because it's just like a a, a random mix fest where anything can happen. Whoever's hopping up the plane better and making random moves and getting the quick timings is gonna win the map. There's really no not that much skill involved and smarts involved with that map. So you can't really like strategize too well. It's kind of just like, well, let's do this and hope it works. Mm-hmm. But on the other maps, you can kind of use percentage and numbers and process of elimination to figure out where people are and how to work different bomb sites and what you want to do d- during the rounds. Bond checkmate is just kind of like go plane, get the kills, and you know, <laughs> hopefully they don't get the kills and you do. <laughs> flood the plane. That's right. Yeah, that's uh what my rec league team just says every time I have to play. Just flood the plane. We'll just run in there yeah. and go crazy. Um, we've talked to coaches about Sandy. We've talked to Standy about Standy, uh, but we haven't talked to any of you guys. Uh, what what difference does he bring to uh, the team? Because it's been night and day uh, since he's stepped in the lineup. Yeah, he's uh, he's a really good kid outside of game. I mean, I don't think any of us talked to him or really knew him before. I think we might have played a couple like eight series or ten series with him in the past, but nothing too crazy. So we didn't know how he was like. Um, so he's easy to talk to. He likes to talk a lot. Uh, he's a good kid, so that makes it easy to it makes him easy to work with and hang out with. And then in game, he's also a very smart player, of course, very talented as well. And we'll talk about things that he thinks we could be doing better, or he thinks that are wrong, which is good because you might not see a lot of younger players like him, uh, like raising or not not raising their voice, but like talking about an issue that they see because they're like the new guy on the team. So it's it's good that he's like comfortable and able to. Uh, give some constructive criticism as well. And just just a super talented player and a good kid, funny kid. So uh, we have a lot of fun. That's awesome to hear. And the, with the thing with the sub uh, and just the roster change is that early before the season even started, I was so sick of asking all you guys, well, what's the roles going to be? You know, And everyone says that you're a slow team, and that was the biggest complaint, right? Would – would the standy move and the instant improvement, would that kind of prove those arguments right, that it was kind of a slower team? Or was it just, was it something else? No, I wouldn't necessarily say it would, uh, it affected us in a pace wise. I think Preston or Priesta, it was just, uh, 
he's just a very talented player and he's disgusting with any gun he uses and if you give him an ar like the the krig is what he uses uh he's able to get kills at close medium and long range with it so his job is to pretty much spawn up and get and just pop two and three pieces and do a lot of damage. Uh, so I think he's just more comfortable doing that, and he just has the raw talent to just kind of take over the game with that gun. And then adding Standy, he's a very uh, smart player, so he has very good positioning, uh, knows how to hit like the SMG routes, or knows when to just play his timings and wait in a corner and wait for uh, some, a, team sh a team fire or a team shot to uh, help him out. So he's very smart with the way you have to play because with the AK-74U, you can most of the time chow stuff, but uh, the Krig is very good on the uh, 60 hertz servers we play on. So you got to kind of be smart with the SMG and make sure you're playing your life well doing damage, but also not just throwing away your life and rushing without your teammates sometime. Gotcha, yeah. And what would you say is is like your biggest takeaway after the major, just from stage two in general, the going down 0-2 in the matches and managing to be a one seed, finishing top four in the major? What are, what are some things that uh, you're kind of looking to improve going into the next stage? Yeah, so we have a lot of confidence and belief in our team, and we've improved so much from when we first started playing, and it's only been two weeks. It's kind of, it's crazy to say that it's only been two weeks, mm -hmm. but we're competing with the best teams in the game already, and I mean, it's like I said, it's only been two weeks, so we're only going to get better from this point, and uh, we've shown that when you put the work in, that your game can improve, just like our hard point was looking pretty, pretty good uh, this past weekend, so mm -hmm. when we get our like control and SND on point cuz they're already there. We're just making a couple small fundamental mistakes which are which are going to be fixed. So, it's it's an exciting time to uh, be on the team and have the organization and all the supporters supporting us, but uh, it's definitely the goal to win a championship for uh, the team in the Minnesota and all the people that support us. Uh, so, very exciting times ahead. Well, I don't know how much of a traditional sports guy you are, but it's a uh... Not an easy life for Minnesota sports fans most of the time. So I, that's always nice to hear when uh you know you want to bring a title here because <laughs> we, <laughs> we we haven't had one since '91, I believe. So I I don't think either neither one of us were alive at that point. So um, yeah, I, I definitely was not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not either. But speaking of best teams in the game, uh, I usually don't ask non rocker questions. This is the only one I've ever done. What has gotten into Toronto? Like they just absolutely ran house. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to see what happened with them because I think they started off 0-2 in the Stage 2 with that roster, I believe. Or mm -hmm. I, I don't remember exactly, but I think it might have been that roster. And um, they were playing decent after that. like They were winning a couple matches here and there. But uh, during the major, they kind of just turned into like, different beasts and really, and really turned up. Um, they beat Optic, they lost to FaZe, and then they 3-0'd LAT, then they beat us, they beat Dallas, and they went on to beat FaZe. So yeah. it just showed that like when that team is firing all cylinders, that they're uh, a top team and a tough team to compete with. Um, so you got to give them res their respect for that. Uh, they had a really good run to win the tournament. But I think everything was just clicking for them and working out, and sometimes that's just how it is. Like you, you get on that, you get that momentum after winning that one series, and you just keep on rolling throughout the tournament. And I think that's really what they did. Yeah, and and just to think that I mean that series against you guys was it was close still. It wasn't like they just blew the doors off you. Like it that oh, yeah. that one control yeah. round five goes yeah, the other choked, way. We ch we choked the control bad. It's yeah. all good. We we choked we choked two uh, raid controls this I weekend, gonna... which could have put us in a good spot. Yeah, but it happens. You know, we'll 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 clean it up. Well, I still we know where we messed up. Yeah, I mean, I 
this it doesn't mean much. But I still like you guys on that that map though. It's just like it's always in the right oh, positions. Yeah. But you know, uh, these things happen. Yeah. Um, I do want to kind of maybe pick a fight here because uh, I'm in the vast minority of this opinion, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, the overall. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The The overall consensus is that the grand finals, the winner needs to have some sort of advantage or a map lead or a, or a two series of five that resets. And I, I guess maybe it's just I just don't like the map lead. Like, because I, you know, I'm a traditional sports guy that made the transition. So, like, I've never, like, yeah. seen an Eastern Conference final and, like, oh, let's give them one game advantage or let's let them start with five goals because they, yeah, they, they're the ones to use. Yeah. Or like, so, so can you, what is your kind of opinion on that? Cause I think best of nine kind of solves that a little bit. Yeah. I actually like the best of nine uh, instead of two best of five. I, I liked either. I don't really think they're that different in my opinion. Uh, so I like the best of nine. But um, what I will say, I do wish that the team like winners finals was played on sunday so at least the team that's in grand finals can like play once before that once that day before like the grand finals match because it definitely probably is weird to just sit around and then go into the grand finals match like Mm -hmm. not playing a match before that of course you're going to warm up a little bit but it's really not the same like you don't have that adrenaline pumping and the blood flowing like you just want a huge match to get to the grand finals and then you're playing a team like Toronto who's just making the run. They started off beating us that morning, then they beat Dallas, and then they've already had two matches under the belt. They're feeling good. They're feeling confident going into that finals. And it was still a close finals, but I think it would just be better if both those teams were able to play that day uh, instead of just kind of sitting around and then going into the, f- the final match. Yeah, do you think the, the break in between? Because it would be the winner's finals and then the loser's finals. Loser's and then, finals. Yeah, so it would still be final. a break, right? And I remember like last year's Rocker team, this is back when it was on land, but when they would have a big break during the day, it, it would just throw them off and they they and they always said like, oh, we just had such a big break, we couldn't do it, you know, we're, we went cold. Or is it still like, it's still better than sitting around the whole day? Um, I think personally for me, I would probably be down to just play once in the morning and then again later that day, uh, just, just to like get that momentum going, I guess. Uh, cause like it, you can scrim before your match, but it really isn't like a tournament feel, but when you get like a tournament match under your belt, you're kind of in that mode where you're like, okay, it's go time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, it might be a little bit different, especially if we start playing on land too. I think on land, like you'll kind of always be in that mode just because you're not in the comfort of your bedroom or even like a headquarters. Because it is cool to play in like a headquarters where their whole team plays. Like we have a little studio where we play in, but um, it's still not the same as walking up on stage and the casters are there and all the lights and stuff. Like I feel like that just really helps you get into that zone as well. So. We'll, we'll see when we get to land. Yeah, well, I, I do have well, – we can talk about that if if uh, you'll allow. But uh, I'll ask a couple things first, and then we can get to that. Um, typically with the stages, when they change, the patch updates as well. Um, have I know you've been playing on the new patch, at least for, for YouTube content, which I watch yeah. most, most if not all, your videos. So that's thank how you, I, knew, I knew how to snake. Thank you very much for letting me be toxic. <laughs> I appreciate it. I got you. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you've been making people rage quit in some of your games by the <laughs> snaking mind the heady. I don't do it in my in my rec league, but I do it in league play. Okay. They, can, they can all eat it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like um, that. So with the new patch, I mean, like I said, you've been playing on it at least – 
casually, um, the 74U got a massive hit, um, their massive uh, nerf. What are you uh, thinking for as a sub player? Yeah, I think there is definitely potential to have muzzles put back on the SMGs uh, because the whole like you know GA things and stuff where it's the gentlemen's agreements where teams will and players agree not to use a certain thing that they might find op op. So mm -hmm. I think we can potentially see muzzles coming back because what happened with AK seventy four U is the more you shoot it, the crazier the recoil gets. Mm -hmm. So, it might need help with more control, and I could see like muzzle break or the spetnaz compensator coming back to make it a little, excuse me, make it a little have a little less recoil. Gotcha. And then I'll ask this because I don't think, well, I don't think I've ever asked you this. the The challenge, and it's not a comment on the GA; it's just as the meta in general. But the challengers, they GA the QBZ, and they're just determined to have the seventy four Krig meta. But everyone last year complained about, oh, it's a two-gun meta. It's just the M4 and the MP5. What's an ideal meta? Do you like that flex-type, you know, QBZ or M4-type meta if the M4 wasn't god-tier? Um, or is it just straight AR and SMG and let's just call it a two-gun meta? Yeah, honestly, I like when there's probably, I would say, I would say three guns because it's kind of like you got your SMG players using the SMG. You got the flex player using a gun like in Black Ops 4 was the Maddox. Mm -hmm. So that's like the flex. And then the main AR would be like the ICR in Black Ops 4. Like I really liked the Black Ops 4 meta, how it was like the two subs, two flex. Like, it was 5v5. So in this game, let's say it's 4v4, it would be like two SOGs, one Maddox, and one ICR now. Uh, I, I do think a three-weapon meta is probably the best and most entertaining instead of just having just two weapons. Mm -hmm. um, with the new patch, um, there's been work to smoke grenades. There wasn't the last patch, too. There's been work to smoke yep. grenades, and I know that all the casuals want snipers buffed, and they're insane. But uh, is there a chance that we can see Dylan Price with a sniper? Uh, potentially, if they bring it back. I don't know if they will in this game because apparently, like, the community doesn't think so or the sniping community doesn't think so. They say sniping is so hard in this game, but I just go into a pub with a sniper and I, I actually feel like I have aimbot on. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to hit these shots and I'm, st I'm still killing everyone in one bullet and quickscoping them. Uh, so snipers are insane in my opinion in this game. Um. They're a little. They're, it's just honestly too easy. So I don't There's know no if they're going to make a return. But if they do, I'll gladly pull it out and just be able to snipe everyone like I was doing at the beginning of the game. It was a great, it was a great time and made for a lot of insane clips. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you would want to like? That, I mean, that changes Miami, right? That changes oh, Express. Yeah. I mean, that's so. I mean, it would totally change every one of your strats. No. Oh yeah, it would change everything in uh, SND because, like I said earlier, the sniping is extremely extremely good so it will change every map there would be a sniper on every single map no matter how big or how small it is just because like in, in on checkmate you could go into the plane with a sniper and oh, you just create everything even. and right when someone peeks out you just shoot and you kill them like because there's nowhere else to go it's a small narrow hall with doorways so there would be a sniper on both teams on every map yeah i just got I got PTSD just from from you <laughs> telling that story. Not gonna lie. Um, okay, so yeah. so I don't want to get you into any hot water here. So I'm gonna ask this very carefully because I don't have the money to pay for a fine. 
Um, but oh, there's God. been there's been a lot of talk on Twitter today, and this is coming out on Thursday, so there, maybe there's a, an announcement that's happening between now and then. Is can you say if Land is on the way back? Is it official? Is it a thing? What's what's the latest? Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I was at lunch today and I saw phase and optic like teasing that lance back and i was like wait what did i miss so i guess lance coming back i don't know exactly when but i'm a, it will be during sometime during black ops cold war the back the oh. black ops cold war season that land is back so i don't know exactly when but it is coming back or there's no way that people would be saying that now i will say did i didn't have this written down did you notice that the minnesota rocker home series is at the very end of the season and that lands potentially coming back and with how well launch weekend went last year you gotta think maybe there's a chance i can uh can see you guys play in person hopefully yeah i mean um that wasn't really a question but if (laughs) no i got you if they if they were to bring land back I'm, i'm sure they'd probably have the first few ones just uh the teams and then if everything's still going well they can start bringing in some spectators, which would be fun because, I mean, there's nothing like playing in front of a crowd, getting a crazy clutch or making a crazy play, and the crowd just erupts. It's like definitely one of the best feelings. Uh, so the Minnesota event was right before the last event before Champs. So it's kind of it's kind of lining up perfectly if we're back on land and it would be know. good to get, get into Minnesota. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, so last thing, and then I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Um, I typically do a rocker fan line bit where you know I get people to ask questions, and uh, it was super short notice because we we just put it together. So, and um, I think it was Standy or he asked maybe it was Priesta. Uh, I think Miles asked him like, "Would you rather fight a horse sized duck or a a hundred duck sized horses or something like that?" <laughs> and I and I yeah. literally I was doing the co stream that day and I audibly said, "What a waste of a question!" <laughs> like I was saying like, "Oh, what a bad question." Um, the only question I have for you is a question just like that, and I figured it was funny enough that I'll let it slide. Um, so Jordan asks, Dear Attach, would you rather have to kill a chicken every time you start your car or fight an orangutan with a broadsword once a year for the rest of your life? So <laughs> fight an orangutan with the sword, and what's the other one again? Uh, kill a chicken every time you have to start your car. Oh, God. Why do they have to be animals? I love animals. It's um, got 16 likes. Jeez. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to take my chances with the sword. Yeah. I would say the sword because I feel like that will keep me on my toes each year, like make sure I'm well prepared, I'm well trained. So that means I'll be outside working out, working on my uh, – sword fighting art and reflexes <laughs> he does so it'll keep me on my toes and i have to be ready for that fight once a year he does say you both get swords so i don't know if the orangutan also has a sword um, oh, I, yeah it sounds like it so yeah. i gotta be on my toes and ready to go make sure my reactions are are good uh, all right thanks thanks for uh doing this good luck in a uh, stage three looking forward to it Hey, thank you so much. I had a good time. Have a good one. Uh, you too. And that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Rocker Talker podcast. You can follow me, Brett Blakemore, at Brett KFAN. You can follow Attach at, well, Attach. Uh, you can follow everything Rocker at Rocker, Rocker.gg. Uh, any information, it is all there. Uh, until next time, 
hopefully some stage three news and maybe some land news. That would be awesome if we get an event here before the summer's out. Uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one.